Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. From the studios of News Talk 1480 WHBC, it's Kenny and JT. Hey, don't forget, Browns game this Sunday is a 4:05 start because they're playing at Seattle, and we know that P.J. Walker will start that game, and Deshaun Watson will not dress as he's rehabbing that uh, right rotator cuff. Now, we haven't heard it yet. We'll play it for you later in the show. Deshaun Watson did speak with members of the media today in Berea, so let's bring in one of those media members who heard what he had to say. Browns beat reporter at 92.3 The Fan and the Browns Radio Network. Follow him on Twitter and Instagram, at WriterWrongFan. He is Daryl Ryder. And, uh, Daryl, I, I don't think a lot of us were surprised that they announced that P.J. Walker would start this Sunday uh, in Seattle I do want to know, though, what you took away from what Deshaun Watson had to say about when he might return. Uh, they, they don't know. Uh, he doesn't know. The Browns don't know. Um, and, and that's just the, the reality. He tried to go out there last week against Indianapolis, not 100%. He's not going to be 100% when he comes back. Everybody swears that when the season is over, he will not require surgery. Mm-hmm. We'll see how the, how true that ultimately uh, ends up being. But um, – you know, th- th- this whole situation has been uh, chaotic, <laughs> I think, is uh, the nicest way uh, to put it uh, for uh, the Browns to deal with. Of course, uh, going all the way back to when they thought he was going to play against the Baltimore Ravens and they had to start uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson <laughs> on an emergency basis there uh, Sunday morning when they, uh, you know, found out. So uh, the shoulder took another hit in Indianapolis. It was not a concussion that was the concern when the doctors came on the field. It was, in fact, his right shoulder. They held him out as a precaution even after he passed the concussion test. That uh, ultimately ended up being secondary. And uh, Kevin Stefanski realizing the the best thing to do is just to sit him out this week. And don't be surprised if he sits out against the Arizona Cardinals as well. Daryl, great job today at the press conference. I really enjoyed it, and the questions were fantastic. Uh, My question to you is, do they give up on DTR now? I mean, he goes up against Baltimore, who now we think is really good in the AFC. Has he yeah. seen his last game this year? No, uh, no, no. I don't think that they've given up on him. I think mean, it just he, he was put in an untenable situation. And remember, this is a developmental player that they drafted, um, right. whom they did not expect to have to put on a field this year, but. That's the risk they took when they named him the backup quarterback, right? Right. Um, I, I would say the, the the big mistake that Andrew Berry made this year is that he assumed that Deshaun Watson was going to be able to get through all 17 games healthy and, and possibly even the postseason and there wouldn't be any hiccups and they wouldn't need a backup quarterback. These are the Browns. Like, they never get through a season right. healthy, a quarterback. Like, it's, it's, it's happened three times. Baker did it twice, and then Tim Couch did it once. Um and, and it's just, it's the way it goes. And, and, and so he under uh, being very undervalued that position on this roster. Um, and so now, I mean, God bless PJ Walker, by the way, I'm taller than PJ Walker. Um, and you know, I just, 
they got lucky last week. Yep. Uh, let's be honest about it. And, right. and again, they, they got lucky against San Francisco. Yeah, you need a little luck. Championship mm-hmm. teams, they, they have some good teams. They need luck. Kansas City's had luck over the years. Pittsburgh has had luck over the years. The Patriots have had luck over the years. The good teams always have some luck with them. And I still think that the Browns are a good team, and it's nice to see that they finally, uh, I don't know, are getting a little uh, karma, a positive karma headed back in their direction after all the years that they've got the short end of the stick from officiating crews and heartbreaking losses and, and, and things like that. But, like, P.J. Walker's untenable as a uh, long-term quarterback solution in the absence of Deshaun Watson. I'm sorry. I mean it with all due respect, but it just it's, it's not good. Um, uh, you know, I, I'm curious to see how it goes Sunday in Seattle for him. But um, if they – I think Sunday's game is going to determine – if Andrew Berry goes out and gets a quarterback at the trade deadline, don't be shocked if they go out and get a running back by the trade deadline uh, Tuesday at 4 p.m. next week. But uh, Barry has been, from what I understand, very, very active on the phone lines, testing the waters to see what, in fact, is available. And again, the outcome Sunday for the Browns will determine, I think, significantly how aggressive Barry is going to be because I just I get the impression this is a win-at-all-cost season or people are getting fired type of year. I, I just I feel like there's a massive sense of urgency in that building right now to win football games. Happy to have with us Daryl Ryder, Browns beat reporter, 92.3 The Fan, Browns Radio Network. Does a great job covering the team on a daily basis. Let me rephrase that. On a minute-by-minute basis, when you are a Browns beat reporter, <laughs> it's not daily. It is minute-by-minute, minute, and we laugh, Daryl, but we know – that's how accurate and crazy it is, and I love your point about this week's game determining you know, what might happen before the trading deadline. So let's go there at the quarterback position, if you don't mind, Daryl, and is at the top of the list, is it Jacoby yeah. Brissett that they're looking at? Well, um, I, my understanding is that there is a list of quarterbacks. I've not been able to pin down specific names, but what's connected that's Kenny. I'm fairly confident without being told specifically that Jacoby Brissett is on their short list, that Jacoby Brissett's on their short list, right? right. I mean, fans point to, well, he went seven and four last year mm-hmm. with the Browns. And that's a, yeah, but Jacoby Brissett played the best he's ever played in his career for the Browns last year. And if they, if he had this year's defense last year, he might've won eight or nine games. So um, the, the defense was God awful. The special teams was God awful. So like he, 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 but they were not four and seven in those 11 games because of Jacoby Brissett. Um, so I have to imagine that he's got to be on the short list. You can plug and play him to a degree. The concern, and, and this is the problem you have, Kenny, is, okay, let's just say, because we're just having a discussion here, right? So hypothetically, mm-hmm. right, let's say they, they find a way to get Jacoby, to, you know, they, they make a deal to get Jacoby back here or whatever, right? Well, now they got to go back and, dust off the playbook from last year that they used with him and reincorporate all those concepts, go away from what they've been doing. Mm -hmm. And then when Deshaun comes back, they got to put it back in the closet and, and, and go back with their. So this is, there's no easy, there's no easy answer. There's no easy solution. I know that's not what you want to hear. I know that's not what Browns fans want to hear, but this, this has turned into a very difficult and complex, situation for the Cleveland Browns, what was supposed to be what Andrew Berry called a short-term thing, what Kenneth Stefanski called a short-term thing. Well, let's see. Uh, We are now what? One, two, three, four. We're five (laughs) weeks into this thing. Uh, 
I, I, I am not a math scholar. I'm not an English scholar. But even I know five weeks ain't short term. You know, if it is truly win at all costs, like you said, and I don't believe in uh, P.J. Walker, as you don't either, and it's been a nice story, great. But if it's win at all costs, I don't think I believe in Jacoby Brissett. Am I wrong? Well, yeah, I won't say wrong, but, like, um, I I can make an argument. He completed, like, 60% of – over 60% of his passes for the Browns in those 11 games. Uh, He had a positive touchdown to interception ratio. Uh, the Browns offense scored points with him on the field, which by the way, the Browns offense isn't scoring many points mm-hmm. on the field with PJ Walker right now. So like they're kicking 50 yard field goals with abundance, but they're not scoring a lot of touchdowns. Yeah. Nick Chubb uh, too, though. Yeah. And, and they don't have Nick, right. They don't have Nick yeah. Chubb either. And, and, and like I said, don't be surprised if running back is on the short list. I've heard some phone calls have been made around the NFL to see what running backs might be available. Hmm. And uh, I don't want to give away the name. But there is a recognizable name that the Browns have inquired about, too, uh, potentially going out and get. So um, Andrew Berry right now, to his credit, he is doing his homework and testing the waters to see what's available, both quarterback as well as running back. And uh, might be a backup offensive lineman, too, because uh, they've been tested uh, with their depth on the O-line. Daryl, um a lot of negative talk here so far. Uh, they're four and two, though, somehow, some way, even with the quarterback situation. And I think we yeah. need to give some love to the defense, specifically to uh, the guy that was named the defensive player of the week in the AFC and the season he's having to this point, his best, in, in my opinion, by far. And that yeah. mile, that's Miles Garrett. How good is he playing, Daryl? Not just. Uh, this year, but compared to any other defensive player you've seen since you've covered the Browns? Uh, well, I, I think they're the best. I mean, uh, look, uh, and I wrote this in my in my uh, stuff today, uh, defensive coordinator uh, Jim Schwartz uh, does not hand out compliments like bouquets of roses, right? I mean, it, you're like yanking teeth out of the guy's mouth to get him to say something nice about somebody. And, and I don't mean that in a negative way. That's just like he, he is a believer that you can always be better, right? And what, for him to drop the, that was a performance for the ages, it, that tells you how awesome that was last week. And, and it was awesome. Even if Schwartz like, ah, oh, you know, I could squeeze more out of Miles. But, like, yeah. it, it really was. Two fumble recover, uh, two strip sacks that resulted in fumbles. One was, it ended up being a defensive touchdown. Another was turned into an offensive touchdown. Uh, the block field goal, kudos to Bubba Ventrone, who, uh, former uh, Colt special teams coordinator, realized uh, that they the Colts line up really low uh, on their place-kicking alignment. There was an opportunity with Miles Garrett's leaping ability to come up and jump over the line without committing a foul because that's a risk. Like, had Miles Garrett, had that lineman come up and Miles come into contact with him, that 60-yard field goal try would have become a 45-yard try, 15-yard penalty for the unsportsmanlike conduct hitting uh, the offensive lineman there uh, on, on the field goal protect. So that was a risky call by uh, Bubba Ventrone, but he trusted Miles Garrett's athleticism was going to be able to pull it off, and Miles Garrett did. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I can't think – I mean, he is uh, a once-in-a-generational talent when you talk about the Cleveland Browns. You know, I, I think we can debate to we're blue in the face who the best defender in the league is. Is it T.J. Watt of the Steelers? Is it Miles Garrett? You know, is it Nick Bosa? Like, I, I, we, we, we would go around in circles all afternoon having that conversation. Um, all three players, I think, are all on 
that same elite level. But um, to me, the key for Miles now is, first of all, the Browns are winning, so that's why he's getting the national love all of a sudden. Because um, I think he's always been that player, but Schwartz is getting even more out of him, and he's getting more opportunities within this defensive scheme to be able to make plays. Um, but as long as the Browns keep winning and as long as he plays at, it continues to play at this level, he's going to be in that defensive player of the year conversation legitimately, and we're just not going to be talking ourselves into him being uh, in the race like we have. But historically, uh, one of the, the negatives with Miles is he tends to have difficult Decembers. Decembers aren't nearly as productive for him. Um, and so I think that November and December will become very, very big months. He's great in September, October to mid-November, but then when you get into the dog days of the season, you know, those double and triple teams that he has been facing tend to wear him down. Well, he's not getting as many of those this year, so I am of the belief, Kenny, not only is this the best he's ever played, I think this is going to be the best he's going to ever finish a season because I anticipate maybe the level of production might not be the same, but I think he's going to be just as impactful late in the season if he's healthy. What a week he had. And not, not only that, maybe he takes it all the way through June. The dude just bought part of the Cavaliers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, we're going to be hitting him up in the courtside court seats now. I mean, good for him. I mean, yeah. um, you know, this is uh, obviously, uh, you know, pro sports ownership is, uh, seems to be a, a pretty good investment if you got that kind of cash laying around. So uh, good for him. He's a big basketball fan. You know, it's not an act for him. He, hoops it up in his spare time whenever he can. Um, he loves going to Cavs games and, and things like that. And, and th- so this is an investment for him, right? And uh, so he gets a little piece of the team, and uh, he's going to be a, a, a brand ambassador or whatever. So, yeah, it, it's been a big week. Good week to be number 95 yeah. for the Cleveland Browns. And, and Daryl JT both, it doesn't surprise me because I remember when he was a rookie, okay, he showed up at a Cavaliers game sitting courtside and he was out there, you know, dunking or driving to the basket. And I think Jabril yeah. Peppers was there as well. Uh, and they were both there. And then he asked me because Troy Palomalu was at the Cavs game. He said, hey, can you take my picture with Troy Palomalu? And I'm like, yeah. sure. And I took his picture on my phone, Daryl. And he gave me his phone number to text him the picture, you know. So he, he's yeah. he loves being at the NBA games. He loves the Cavaliers, and he yeah. loves to play the game. They've got a Cavs Miles Garrett jersey now. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, you remember he played in the celebrity game, the All Star yep. Weekend that uh, was here. He was a participant in that. He's gone to Cavs practices. Um, oh. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's done the warm up line with the Cavaliers. Like, yeah, I mean, he is a true blue hardcore. Uh, basketball fan and obviously a, a Cavaliers fan. And also, too, I think it shows just his commitment to Northeast Ohio and wanting to really be, uh, you know, uh, solidify himself as, as part of this community. Uh, you know, for all those that always want to question whether or not players uh, be, and I get it because it's such a transient uh, thing these days in professional sports with players that come and go, especially big time superstars. But I think it really shows just how much he loves being in Northeast Ohio and uh, how he's kind of really, uh, you know, willing to invest in Northeast Ohio, so to speak. Last thing, and we'll let you go, Daryl Ryder. Uh, what happens this weekend in Seattle? Left coast, always tough. Oh. 49ers struggled coming from uh, west to east. Or the Browns yeah. are going east to west, playing with P.J. Walker at quarterback. Yeah, uh, and, and that stadium is, I guess, one of the loudest 
uh, right. just the way it's built. It's one of the loudest to operate in. They had the, the they uh, they actually wheeled the speakers on the field behind the line of scrimmage today at practice uh, to blur the, the the crowd noise. Um, so, I honestly I, I think the Seahawks are going to win. Um, I don't know how. I, I think it's going to be a close game. I don't see the Browns going out there jet lag, having done to them what the 49ers did to them in San Francisco a few years ago. Remember that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where John, they made the decision to fly out. I think, I think it was a Monday night game until so they flew out on Sunday and got destroyed right. on yeah. Monday night football. I don't yeah. see it being that, but I, I think that, you know, Geno Smith and the, the Seahawks will, will, will find a way uh, to win that football game. But um, again, Running back production and quarterback production are going to matter tremendously more than the final score of that game in determining what Andrew Berry does at the trade down. Or let me rephrase, because it takes two to tango here. What Andrew Berry will attempt to do at the trade deadline. Great stuff, Daryl, as always. Keep up the fantastic work, and uh, we will talk with you next thursday and by that time we'll know more on deshaun watson we'll know what their record is and we'll know if they traded for anybody sounds good guys look forward to it thanks for having me as always